Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. weekend including one in Notre Dame we're going to get into all of the football both NFL and college and by the way yeah that's right I'm wearing my Colts jersey because well frankly the Colts are rolling don't at me starts right now hey good morning this morning it is a beautiful Monday and don't at me is rolling let's get right into it Ohio State Notre Dame look Brian Kelly caught a lot of hell he did as the head coach of Notre Dame, I had a guy tell me today, well, they paid for Brian Kelly's house. Well, Notre Dame has always paid in Granger, Indiana for the homes of their football coaches. But Brian Kelly never did what Marcus Freeman did. And maybe you could say Brian Kelly never played a really good team close at Notre Dame, but that wouldn't be true. But Brian Kelly never only had 10 players on the field when it came down to the biggest play maybe of his career. Marcus Freeman certainly did. Marcus Freeman had 10 players on the field in the biggest moment of his career, in the biggest moment in Notre Dame in a long, long time. This was going to be a program-changing victory. This was going to be something that set Notre Dame up absolutely beautifully, and I mean beautifully, for the college football playoffs. Notre Dame had, and I mean they really had, third and 19. They, <laughs> they had them on the ropes. They had Ohio State on the ropes, and you know what they couldn't do? They couldn't get her done. Now, there's a backstory to this. Ryan Day, the head football coach of Ohio State, after the game, lost his mind on Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz is going to be on our show. Coming up here on 1030, we'll get his reaction to this. Let's start from the top. Uh, Lou Holtz, on Pat McAfee's show on Friday, was talking about why Notre Dame was going to win. Now, you got to understand, Lou Holtz coached. He's from Ohio. He coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes, won a national championship under Woody Hayes, and obviously won a national championship as the coach of the Fighting Irish. So his loyalties certainly lie with Notre Dame. Let's hear from Lou Holtz on Friday that set off this firestorm. Basically, what he was saying was that Ryan Day and Ohio State are soft. So Ohio State goes in, third and 19, McCourt, boom. Down to the one, time running out, only 10 players on the field. Why was it so hard to score against 10 players? I don't know, I'm just saying. But Marcus Freeman said, well, I didn't want to run a player on there and get a penalty. I couldn't afford a penalty. What? You're on like the half-yard line. What's six inches? Who cares? It was the dumbest coaching decision. Don't at me about race and all the other crap. I'll get into that in a minute. Well, here was Ryan Day's reaction on NBC Sports postgame. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. When's it ever been Ohio against the world? But I'm all in on Ryan Day doing that. Then, 
Ryan Day was not going to let it stop. He wasn't. Listen to this in the post game. I've been emotional. Uh, team will tell you that for the last couple of days. When I started hearing some of the things that we're saying, first off, it's not true. I don't know where people get off just saying things. It really upsets me. Put the film on. People make comments and they don't watch film. Our guys are tough. They're physical. They do. They get after it. And they did again tonight. And you and, said that was Coach Holtz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Front row, Tim May on three. And I, don't, I don't know where he gets off saying those type of things. I don't. I don't. I mean, I like. I have some other things I'd like to say too, but I'm not going to say that because I'm more respectful than he is. Well, those things would include, I'm sure, whether Coach Holt, whatever Coach Holtz is going to join us coming up. But hey, it's Coach's Gone Wild weekend. It really is. Uh, Deion Sanders got his brains beat out. I mean, got the hell beat out of him. And here's my problem with both of these things. Like Freeman was a complete dummy. You got to put the player on the field. You can't play the biggest play of your career with 10 guys on the field. I'm sorry. This isn't soccer where you get a red card and you got to play him. The penalty would only have been that much. Now, maybe the penalty would have made a difference. I don't know, but not as much as having 10 players, not 11 on a football field. And Freeman came in and he started BSing about it. It's really funny. Everybody is afraid to criticize Marcus Freeman because he's African-American. I mean, we can say whatever. Same thing with Deion Sanders. I saw this. So Deion Sanders gets his brains beat out, and everybody's got to defend Deion Sanders. Oh, my God, Robert Griffin III called Danny Canella racist. Not in those many words because Robert Griffin's kind of a clown. But anyway, everybody's racist for criticizing. Look, it has nothing to do with the race of the coach. It has everything to do with sports. Sports is interesting. Sports is fun. You don't have 10 guys on the field. It should never happen. It did. It shouldn't. That's not one of those things that happens. Getting your ass beat like Sanders did, particularly in your first year as a head coach, that's going to happen. That ain't no thing. And particularly when you're going into Oregon where, well, frankly, they have one hell of a football team and probably the Heisman Trophy winner, or at least one of two, Bo Nix and Michael Penix, and... Ladies and gentlemen, you and your team have talked so much crap about other coaches. Now, Sanders says he doesn't co- talk about other coaches, but he certainly did in his locker room about the mother of Norvell. Jay Norvell, the coach of Colorado State, brought his mother in. He certainly did about the defensive coordinator uh, at, or excuse me, the head coach at Nebraska, the offensive coordinator at TCU. That's all Sanders does. Sanders wins, and then he talks that smack. Well, guess what? Dan Lanning won, and he talked that smack. Let's hear it. Not flash, rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass. Right? It's gonna be played on the grass. Yeah, I mean, look, but you better be careful because the African-American kids on your team really like Deion Sanders and probably some of the white, most of the white kids on your team. So be careful about gloating too much. Here was Sanders' response, and Sanders is completely full of crap here. Go ahead. Uh, it translates in practice. It is, I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, contrary to what some may say. But, uh, yeah, I, get, I keep receipts. Uh, but I'm serious. I analyze and I understand what we're up against and what we have and what we need. One thing that I can say honestly and candidly, you better get me right now. 
This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. Now somebody, yeah, I, I got messengers. God bless him though, man. He's a great coach. He did a great job. God bless him. He take their shots. They won. I don't shoot. I don't do that. They won. Yeah, I don't shoot. That's to, that's complete crap. That's all Sanders does is shoot. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, God bless him. He won. Take your shots. I keep receipts. Blah, 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 blah. This is the worst we're going to be. Okay, fine. That all may very well be true. But the idea that you don't take shots is full of crap. That's all you do. That's all you do. You beat TCU. And guess what? The deep offensive coordinator disrespected my son. Okay. You're in the locker room after beating Colorado State with your mother, talking about how Jay Norvell disrespected his mother. That's all Sanders does. You beat Nebraska, and your kid is out there showing his watch, saying Matt Rule disrespected us. That's all you guys do. And win, you win. And I love it. I do. So many people are afraid to say anything about Deion Sanders because it's race. It ain't race, it's sports. In sports, when you talk that talk, and you get your brains beat out, people are going to bring stuff back on you. And look, good for Sanders. The idiots in the media are going to sit there and say, yeah, man, Sanders doesn't talk. Yeah, he does. It's all he does. What are you talking about? See, we have a tendency here on our show to keep things, you know, 100. All right, let's go to the next coach gone wild. Some guy named Jay Dickert is mad at ESPN and Lee Corso. Now, Dickert beat a very good Oregon State team with Washington State. Remember, Washington State and Oregon State are the two teams that, quite frankly, are got nowhere to go except the Mountain West. The Pac-12 is over. These two teams are out, but it's a hell of a game. And Dickert's team win. Coach has gone wild. Continue. You know, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning, and I was just watching game day. You know, and Corso comes on, and he says, you know, the no one watches bull, you know, and I don't really understand that. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people watch the Cougs and the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12. Okay, so I, you know, Coach Corso, he's at the point now where they just, they give him the sheet and he, you know, he reads off of it and they try to make a joke, but it didn't even, didn't even make sense. Okay, it's well documented what ESPN has done to try to, you know, get this, get, to, get our league into where it's at. And I would love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about the, you know, the value that he sees in breaking up the premier West Coast Conference. Okay, and I'd also love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about how he thinks you know, student-athletes and mental health and flying them all over the country is a positive thing. I'm open to those conversations. Uh, there you go. And he's right. Corso, look, I, I, I feel bad for Corso. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, Corso is uh, hes a great guy. He's a horrible coach in Indiana, but maybe everybody's a horrible coach in Indiana. Um, you know, but I guess he's right, this coach. I'm sorry. Uh, he's right. He's absolutely right. Like, guys come on the air, and they just say stupid things. At least game day for the first time, somebody other than Pat McAfee said something interesting. How milk toast. Has Herb Street gotten, well, you know, he talks in tones like this, like he's really concerned, and oh, my God. I mean, hey, look, and we know that Desmond Howard showed his racism by talking about the caucasity of a white 
uh, passenger on an airline. Look, that's great, man. That's awesome. Good for them. But the fact of the matter is these guys coming at coaches and programs and players, I don't blame any coach for telling all these clowns, stick it up your ass. And I don't blame any coach for making fun of anybody's age. I don't care about any of it. You know, people always say, well, you're picking on an old man. Then the old man should shut up. You know, Corso, Holtz, they can handle it. They're adult males with a penis. And there's a difference nowadays. There are some adult males without a penis, but they are adult males with a penis. And they, adult males with a penis can handle a little criticism, can handle a little back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Apparently, Clemson's kicker, I don't know how you're Clemson and you don't have a damn kicker, but uh, the Clemson's kicker decided he was going to put his retirement or his financial future on hold and go kick a field goal. And it was a cool story. It was a, uh, it was a really cool story until guess what? The dude missed the kick. It was an interesting story until the dude, well, he had a chance for a game-winning kick, and he missed it. And Florida State ends up winning. Uh, you know, maybe, just maybe, we should go get a kicker. Like, maybe, just maybe, some of these squads, I'll get into kickers here in a minute, but maybe, just maybe, maybe, you should say, hey, you know what, uh, let's get a kicker. Let's get a kicker that is in college. You know what I'm saying? Let's get a kicker that is here. I- I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Jonathan Waits, there you go. It's a good story until you miss. Let's get to the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Mike McDonald was hired. Mike McDonald was hired, and Brian Flores said it was racism. Well, I don't know. I mean, everybody tells me Mike McDonald is black, so I'll go with it. But I got to tell you, whoever made the decision, and I think it was Chris Greer, the general manager who's African-American of the Dolphins, made the right choice because Mike McDonald is an interesting dude, number one. I was not all in on him. Now, how are you not going to be all in on him? Because the Miami Dolphins figured out what most teams can't. Speed kills, people. Speed kills. If you're not fast, you can't play for the Dolphins. Dolphins rang up 70. 70 to 20. Now, here is what the legend in his own mind. I mean, Hank Baskett couldn't handle an onside kick in the Super Bowl. Colts against the Saints. So Sean Payton, former scab, ends up winning a Super Bowl, and now he's Houdini. Now he's the Gazda. Always good with me, so I feel bad criticizing him. But Sean Payton came in and was completely unprofessional about Nathaniel Hackett, the previous coach of the Denver Nuggets. Well, here was Sean Payton yesterday. He got a little testy. As the old folks say, he got a little burr in his saddle. I know that you said it's embarrassing, but this is kind of an historic game. I'm aware. Third time the team has scored 70 points over 70. What's the question? What's the question? I just finished telling you. Next question. Man, writers are idiots. I mean, I'm sorry, but writers are idiots. You know, they want to set the narrative. Well, this is the most embarrassing. You don't think the guy knows it's the most embarrassing? So this idiot writer has to tell everybody. This idiot writer has to go, well, you know, uh, I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. I mean, what do you want the guy to say? He knows he got his ass kicked. 
And he should get his ass kicked. When he said about Nathaniel Hackett doing the worst coaching job he's ever seen in the NFL, well, I got to tell you, no one scored this many points since the 60s. Now, if you're my age, the 60s don't seem that long ago. Although 1969, I was only seven. The only thing I remember from it was going to opening day at Wrigley, leaving early. My dad got an apple, dropped on his toe, and split his toe in half, and Willie Smith hit a grand slam while we were on Lakeshore Drive. That's the only thing I really remember. I mean, I was only seven, born in 62. I didn't do the hashish. I didn't get on the crack pipe. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, this is since the 60s, a legendary game, 73 to zip, the Redskins, the Bears. I mean, it was nuts, apparently. I don't remember it, but, you know, I know the score. Next thing you know, last night, the world's greatest coach, God's gift to coaching. Can't hold the Dolphins under 70? 70 to 20. The biggest beatdown since Noah was building an ark. The biggest beatdown since I had hair. The biggest beatdown since I was considered skinny. That's a long time ago, people. That's a hell of a beatdown. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, made my heart good. Not because I dislike Sean Payton. I like Sean Payton. We had his daughter on our show. Thought she was great. They're from Morocco, Indiana which in my world, everybody will tell you it's in northern Indiana. I grew up in way northern Indiana. That's kind of southern Indiana, but I digress. Over 300 yards passing, over 300 yards rushing. I don't know what else you wanted them to do, but I got to tell you, uh, for an overreaction on a Monday, woo, baby, that's the best team in football. When you can do that to somebody, you're the best team in football, or at least potentially the best team in football. Hey, Chargers and Brandon Staley tried to lose it. They went for it fourth and one on their own 21, got stuffed. And then Kirk Cousins, who everybody loves because of that quarterback show, seems like a real dude. He went and screwed it up through an interception in the end zone. So good for Brandon Staley. My friend Doug Gottlieb tells me that the San Diego Chargers have a hell of a roster. Excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers have a hell of a roster. I'm keeping my eye out for them. Packers dropped 18 points on in the fourth quarter to beat the Saints. Now, full disclosure, illegal hit, cheap shot. The Saints quarterback, Derek Carr, out. Next thing you know, Jordan Love rallies him. Here's what I like about Jordan Love. Everybody around the Packers seems to love Jordan Love. Everybody around the Packers talks great things about Jordan Love. Everybody from linemen to media to everybody seems to think that this kid's the real deal. And I got to tell you, I'm all in. I'm all in on Jordan Love. I don't want to be. I'm a girl, I grew up a Bears fan, did not like the Packers, hated when John Brockington used to run through the line and just kick the living crap out of the beloved Bears. But I also got to tell you, Jordan Love seems like a cool cat. Man. He's the opposite of Trey Lance. Remember, high draft choice brought into a situation, sitting for a minute, Trey Lance bottomed out. Jordan Love is just getting it done. Good for him. We're going to talk to Chad Withrow about this. I don't know what's going on with Mike Vrabel and the Titans, and I don't like it. Here's the main reason I don't like it. December 3rd in Nashville, at my golf outing, Mike Vrabel donated four field passes and four sideline tickets. My brother bought the auction, spent a lot of money. I want Vrabel to be there. I want them to use these tickets. And I like Mike Vrabel. How about Mike Vrabel donating a bike? Mike Vrabel donated those tickets so that we could raise a ton of money. I want Vrabel there, damn it. I want him there. I do. I do. Man, it's unbelievable. They got embarrassed. 
Tannehill can't play. They seem to be dysfunctional. Oh, by the way, did I see where they signed DeAndre Hopkins? Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, long story short, here's the deal. They got embarrassed. The Browns got right. All of a sudden, Deshaun Watson looks like he might be the Deshaun Watson of old. I hope not because he's a predator. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. Matt Gay mania is what it should be. The Colts win, but it's bigger than that. Four field goals over 50 yards. The Colts never, ever, ever beat teams like the Ravens. Colts aren't tough enough. Now, I know what you're going to say. The Ravens had eight players out, eight starters. There's only 22. I get it. I do. I get it. But the fact of the matter is the Colts could have lost that a hundred different ways. And it seems like the Colts, I don't know, seems like the Colts may have an adult. They may Do the Colts have an adult coaching football for the Colts? That would be odd. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That would be very odd. But guess what? Deion Jackson fumbled twice. He got cut. A corner named Baker got burned. He got benched. You never saw this with Pagano. Ever. You never, ever, ever saw this. You never saw this with Reich. By the way, Frank Reich's like 1-13 in in his last 14 games. I'll get to that in a minute. But the truth of the matter is, the Colts might have sack. Now, everybody was telling me, well, you know. You got to get Jonathan Taylor back. NFL players, excuse me, NFL owners, GMs, presidents, vice presidents, coaching, assistant coaches. Everybody seems to understand what most don't. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the running back position ain't that important. You can substitute different guys in as long as they are fast, quick enough. Well, case in point yesterday, Zach Moss against the Ravens. The Ravens went for 122 yards. Who's Zach Moss, you ask? The guy replacing Jonathan Taylor. So this dude goes for four yards a carry, 30 carries, 122 yards, and then on top of it, they got another 17 yards. They got 139 yards rushing by a guy that was, well, I don't know, traded for Naheem Hines, a throw-in. Running back position don't matter. So now, after all of you told me in week one, that Jonathan Taylor should be going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Jonathan Taylor's agent should be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What had happened was, whoa, 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 whoa. What what, what had happened? I I saved the best, I think, for last. Look, I got to tell you, I don't get Taylor Swift. I don't get Taylor Swift. I, I don't get it. She's always been a superstar, but now she's super duper 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 star. And God bless Taylor Swift. She's smart. She's hooking up with maybe the most popular athlete in the NFL, Travis Kelsey. Now, I'm tired of Kelsey, but it doesn't matter what I'm tired of. I'm 110 years old. But here's the deal. Taylor Swift went to the game. The the Chiefs are so cool that when blowing out the Bears in the huddle, uh, Pat Mahomes said, hey, we got to get Kelsey a touchdown. So guess what they did? This is how good they are and how bad the Bears are. They got to get Kelsey a touchdown, so they went and got Kelsey a touchdown. Taylor Swift lost her mind. 
that was cool. That was very, very cool. I thought, you know, frankly, Taylor Swift and Kelsey were maybe just a made-up thing, and maybe they are. I don't know. Kelsey's a pro bowler. Kelsey's in commercials. I'll get to Kelsey and selling out later. But I don't care about that right now. This is about football. So it illustrated a couple things. Star power sells, and if you took the over on 362 times, Taylor Swift, or excuse me, whatever, what's her name? Is that Taylor Swift? I don't know who that is. I'm all confused now. But anyway, if you took that she would be shown on television more than 162 times, you won. You got to take the over. But long story short, power wins. I don't understand it. She had like the National Guard security with her. She had like people lining up. I think it made Jackson Mahomes cry that somebody else was a bigger influencer. That was fun stuff. I'm not going to lie. Star sell, baby. Now, Carrie Underwood was with Tarico and uh, Collinsworth. I know both of them had bad thoughts. Oh, my God. How great looking is she? Now, I'm not sure that a woman could possibly smell better. A friend of mine sent me a text. He goes, I was around Carrie Underwood one time. And, man, does she smell good. All right. Best smelling man is Dane Fife. Smells great. Anyway, I'm big into the smell of people. Uh, last thing, the Chicago Bears. I tried to tell the idiots here in media in Indianapolis that their boy Matt Eberflus was a joke. Their boy Matt Eberflus, a.k.a. Fluss, to the media here, was not a real guy, was not a real coach, was not real. Nice guy, nice background, friends of my wife, friends of my wife's ex-husband, great friends of all of them growing up. Mothers hung out together, blah, 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 blah. But I watched old Fluss's defense. I watched old Fluss in his last year with the Colts lose to, in order, at home, the Raiders, and then they lost on the road to the worst team in the NFL, Jacksonville. And somehow, I don't know how, other than maybe he's a white guy and next in line, Eberflus gets the Bears job. The difference between, ah, McDaniel, what did I say? Don't know. Anyway, the difference between Eberflus and, a, and Ditka is like the difference between this shirt being blue and this shirt being white. I mean, it's got a little white in it because it's got the same job to do, but this is a blue shirt. And the fluss, the fluss, I got two words for the fluss. My ass. Nice guy. We belong to the same country club. Seems like a great guy, but can't coach wild turkeys to take a big fat dump in a barn. That's right. I said it. I meant it, and it shows once again, the Indianapolis print media suck. Uh, Speaking of the Bears, the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigned from the team due to, wait for it, inappropriate activity. And the Bears HR staff was involved. Now, I don't know what the hell inappropriate activity is, other than it always involves one of a couple things, money, stealing, Sex, always. Grabby, handsy, some type of sexual activity with somebody you really shouldn't be having sexual activity with. We've seen it with Mel Tugger. But long story short, Alan Williams, he's resigned to spend time on his health and his family. Uh, Good for Alan Williams getting out of there. Good for the national media not really caring. Good for all that. 
He's protected Alan Williams, and you know why. All right, when we come back, speaking of the Bears, though, they lost $100,000 worth of equipment in Soldier Field. That Soldier Field thing is the dumbest ever. Do you know the Bears don't own Soldier Field? It's run by the Parks Department. So you got some slap making six bucks an hour with keys to the equipment room walking in there and pilfering. You got some slap. Do you ever see the lines all squiggly on the sideline? That's Soldier Field. It's done by the Parks Department. Can you imagine a groundskeeper at the Chicago Parks Department? What he gives a rat's ass about? He just trying not to get shot. Damn. Anyway, long story short, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm loving this show today. Chad Withrow, who's the Heisman Trophy frontrunner? Those of you in Indiana, does it pain you? Does it just pain you to see Michael Penix? Holy hell, Auburn, how about Bo Nix? You gave Bo Nose a chance. You gave Bo No, whose father was a legacy, a player, a good player at Auburn, and here he is. Here he is in Oregon, leading the world in everything. Man, Caleb Williams, I'm tired of you. I watched you the other day. You're sulking on the bench. Grow a pair. You ain't that important. I know you're the greatest quarterback of all time, but so is Trevor Lawrence, and frankly, right now, he stinks. We'll be right back with Chad Withrow. Top of the hour, David Wells pulled no punches. He had the perfect game with the Yankees. He pulled no punches on nothing. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Penix, Bo Nix, or Caleb Williams, if I were ranking them, I would rank Williams third. I've had enough of Williams. I, I just have. I, I was watching him the other day, uh, last uh, Saturday, and he's sitting there on the bench like he's above all this, like he's bored with this. And I got tired of him. I'm sure he's the greatest quarterback ever. Everybody's the greatest quarterback ever. Trevor Lawrence was the greatest quarterback ever. And then I watch him, and Trevor Lawrence can't throw the ball from me to the pool out here, and it's only about 20 yards on a line. He stinks. Uh, I don't know. The, the whole greatest quarterback since Elway has made my head hurt. I mean, I watched Andrew Luck, the greatest quarterback since Elway, put up monster numbers, but you know when most of those numbers were? After he threw two interceptions in the first half and the Colts were down, and then he would go nuts, which I guess that's a great player, but I watched that so many times and so many people miss that that I'm not into the greatest quarterback ever. I'm into who's playing well. And I got to tell you, Bo Nix just absolutely took apart, absolutely crushed Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes to the point where Deion Sanders had to start talking about, well, you're going to get us this time next year. We're not going to, we're going to be better. Whatever the hell he was talking about. And I got to tell you, that's great. When you make coaches just babble, then you're doing a pretty good job. Look, anybody that goes into Sparty and drops 41 on them and completes every pass and runs and does whatever, I'm all in, and that's what Michael Penix has done. But here's the deal. Urban Meyer and I talked about this the other day. In college basketball, they give you the Wooden Award, and you're supposed to vote like in January. I don't care about these games. Let's see what happens when these monster games come. Is Chad better? Is Chad good? Let's see what happens when these games start getting serious, rivalry games, that type of thing. I get it. It's great to have great performances early. No question about it. Sets you up for a fantastic season. But I've always said I am not, not even thinking about player of the year, Heisman Trophy, until I see how you do in some of these. Well, I'm on the road. I'm against a team that's legit, that kind of thing. We'll see. We shall see what we shall See, but anyway, I'll also tell you this, Alabama, you knew Alabama was going to beat Ole Miss. Look, Lane Kiffin will get you there, but he ain't getting you there, at least not right now until he comes on our show. If he comes on our show, then we're in business. But right now, he is not good enough to get you there. And is there anyone in the world more ridiculous than Brian LaFrance? LaFerrance, Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. I say love Ferentz. Because there was a great player, Rafe LaFrance at Iowa, that I'm still mad Knight screwed up the recruiting of. But I digress. Brian Ferentz is all excited because he put 45 up last week. Apparently, he's got to put 25 up. If he puts 25 up, he gets a bonus average. Well, they scored nothing. Zero, zip, nada at Penn State. Now, Penn State's wideout, again, according to Urban Meyer. Look, I only quote national champion coaches. I'm not quoting like Alan Williams, the guy from the Bears. I'm not quoting slaps. So long story short, here's the deal. Simple. Iowa stinks. They couldn't score. They got to be 31 to nothing on the road at Penn State in a whiteout. Hardest environment Urban's ever coached in. Eh. Hey, how about Brian Kelly? He had 11 guys on the field. They went back and forth. Arkansas, Sam Pittman's a pretty good coach. He likes beer, pizza, wings, and apparently fornicating his wife. I think that's what the third one was. I could be wrong. Let's say allegedly there. But he went out and got himself a win, Brian Kelly did, against a very, very game, very game, 
very, very game. Very game, Arkansas team. Look, you win a game in the SEC, you know what? You celebrate, you get better, and you move along. People are so funny with Brian Kelly. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it, but I kind of like it. People are really funny. Brian Kelly's the bad guy, and Marcus Freeman's the good guy. How about Marcus Freeman get 11 guys? How about he get 11 guys on the field in the biggest moment of his career? Is that possible? Can we do that? I don't know. It seems like that should not be that big a deal. It seems like Marcus Freeman or someone on his staff, uh, Al Golden and others, should have been able to figure out, hey, look, hold on here. We're going to have to have 11 guys. There's only 22 guys on the field. There's only 22 starters. And let me backtrack on that. Hey, look, Colts fans, Colts haters that are crushing me for being positive on the Colts because they won against the Ravens. Well, guess what? Yeah, I know the Ravens had eight starters missing, but those other guys, those backups are on scholarship. Yeah, I know the Colts had to rely on field goals. Okay, but let me tell you something. Field goals matter, and the Colts were smart enough, absolutely smart enough, to sign Matt Gay to the richest contract a kicker has ever signed. Look, I'm all over Chris Ballard. I think Chris Ballard has been an abomination. I think Chris Ballard has been the worst general manager at during his time in the NFL. If he's been in the NFL from the time he started until right now, he's been the worst general manager. But the fact of the matter is this. He made a good signing. I am with you win or win. I am never with you when you lose. I make no, I'm too old for it. I don't care. These guys make a boatload of money to do what? Win. Period. That's it. I don't want to hear about anything else. Well, you know, we got draft choices. Yeah, I don't care about draft choices. I don't care about any of it. You win or you go home in my little world. And that is my world. And if you disagree, good for you then we'll agree to disagree. But I ain't changing that stance because I got to tell you, you win, I'm with you. You lose, I do not care. Uh, Mel Tucker, here's a shocker to you. Mel Tucker apparently lied to investigators. Well, duh. Duh. When people came in to interview the old Tugster, Mel Tucker decided, I am not going to tell them the truth. Okay, well, good for you. I'm not surprised by this. I don't think anybody's surprised by this. If you were going to lose $79 million, $79 million, wouldn't you lie about it? Wouldn't you make, I don't know, some kind of, oh, I don't know, story up? Apparently, Tucker made a call from Naples during in which he was accused of baiting fish and making, of course, unwanted sexual comments to Brenda Tracy. Yeah, everybody acts like Brenda Tracy is this pure poly purebred. My ass. A prominent rape survivor and activist. Okay. All right. Yet, when the Tugger met with university investigator to for his interview in the sexual harassment case, he insisted the trip was not work-related. Apparently... It was a claim that the investigator said, well, that's crap. All right. Hey, what are you going to do? 
He made false statements repeatedly, misled about basic facts, location during a phone call, date it occurred. Okay. But I got to tell you something else. The USA Today is reporting this. I've been in a lot of stories with the USA Today. Not one has ever been true. Zero. Zip. Nada. None. They've never, I'm not saying they weren't partially true. I'm not saying they didn't get certain facts right. But if you're going to base your opinion on the Tugger because of a USA Today column, are you insane? Are you nuts? You must be crazy. But anyway, they did, they are, and away we go. Hey, Percy Harvin was high as hell. Every football game he played, really. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, good for him. No, I don't know what to tell you. He's a great football player. Well, Urban Meyer should have stopped. Why? You all think that, I don't know, marijuana is good for you. Everybody tells me weed's so good for you. Weed ain't good for you. There's nothing good about it. And Percy Harvin, who was one of the all-time great talents, never really fulfilled all of it. I'm not saying he didn't do well. He did real well. I'm not saying he wasn't great. He was. But you're talking about when you talk to football players, he is one of the great talents ever. Yeah, he was good. Seemed like he flamed, flamed out. See what I did there? He doped out. You know what? The list is long of dudes that doped out or drank out or whatevered out. And I ain't mad at him. It's only a small part of your life, this football thing. But the truth of the matter is, you know what? Good for Percy Harvin. It's nobody's fault but his own if you want to know the truth. I mean, if you're going to act like an idiot, Percy, then there you go, man. I'm just saying Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Let me go back to the NFL for just a second. So last night I was watching the Steelers take on the Raiders. And last night the Steelers, it started out like a fast game, 7-7, here we go. And then all of a sudden the Steelers took over, and then like Andrew Luck in his prime, here come the Raiders. Well, I got to tell you, Steelers ended up winning. Why? That was the easiest bet of the weekend. Serious business. That was the easiest bet because the Steelers have culture. Steelers were getting three. The Raiders got nothing. I mean, let's be honest. They're a mishmash of stuff. A coach that said he was coming to Indianapolis and didn't and went back, and now he's here. A coach that failed with the Broncos early, and now he's here. A coach that looks like he's overwhelmed by the entire thing against one of the most, if not the most, established sports programs in professional sports in the United States. Three coaches, it was documented last night, and it was documented very well. But the fact of the matter is, the Steelers did what the Steelers do, which is whoop ass when they are down because they, ladies and gentlemen, have culture. That's right. This is why I have complained for years about the Colts. There is no culture. Tell me the culture of the Colts. Maybe it's getting established. I do not know. I don't. Hey, uh, one other thing. How about Indiana? A redshirt kicker makes a 30-yard field goal, and IU, my beloved alma mater, would have lost to Akron, a 1-2 and two MAC team, and a bad one at home. Holy cow. Truth of the matter is the kid missed, and then Indiana had to scramble to win in triple overtime, and then, honest to God, I know, Then they're in the locker room singing and dancing and, well, the coaches, the players are like, man. See, I've said this forever. 50 years, 
50 years we've listened to Indiana having bad coaches. That's all I heard. Nuh-uh. Players. Players in Indiana suck. They're gutless. They always have been. There's nothing to them. They have no heart. They've always sucked. They'll continue to suck, and that's just the way it is. All right, my man Chad, are you back? Can we hear Chad? Are we going to be able to hear the great Chad Withrow? You guys are going to have to let me know if it goes out over because I hear Chad just fine. Uh, Chad, let me get into a couple things. Bama, nothing? Okay, well, never mind. Uh, So that means he's not on? All right, that sucks because I want to hear Chad. Chad enlightens me. Chad informs me. Chad makes the show fun. All right, let's continue. I got a whole rundown here I can get to for you peoples. But anyway, let me go back to Indiana. You guys are always mad at me. I got these little girls that were cheerleaders. Oh, Indiana players are great. No, they're not. All they ever did was worry about the party. I never had respect for them. And I still don't have respect for them. I don't have respect for them until they can figure out how to beat anybody. They had one year and everybody lost their mind. You got to understand this about Indiana. Tom Allen was all the rage. Best recruiting class he's ever had. Yeah, how's that worked out? Indiana basketball. Every guy's a great recruit. Every guy's a great recruit. From 1993 on, every guy's a great recruit. You know, since 1994 to right now, I want you to think about this. One Elite Eight. One Elite Eight. 94 to now. Now, that's a long time. It's 2023. I'll give you 22. 22 plus 8, that's 30 30 years. It's unbelievable. I've had enough. Every single little guy tells me this football guy that comes is great. This basketball player that comes is great. Indiana, well, I've had enough. I have. I'm sorry. I've had enough. One Elite Eight. One. Since 1994. One. 2002. One. Basketball program, my ass. Bobby Knight should have been fired, my ass. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Speaking of kind of tone deaf. I think we talked about this the other day, but the Oakland A's not only did this, I want you to think about this. The Oakland A's are a professional basketball or a baseball team, professional, in the major leagues with pretty good history. Like when I was growing up, I could name you the whole team. Bando was at third. Campaneris was at short. Dick Green or Manny Trio coming up. He came up with them before he went to the Cubs. Gene Tennis, Catfish Hunter, Joe Rudy, Vita Blue. I mean, I can go on and on. First pick in the Major League Baseball draft, Oakland A's, Rick Monday. I'm just telling you. But they're so stupid or ridiculous now, they literally have a rodent coming in their press box through the roof. They gave Miguel Cabrera an $80, $90 bottle of wine to celebrate retirement, and the dude is a recovering alcoholic. Nobody knows this. Nobody's like, hey. Camus is a really good wine. And if you got it for 90 bucks, you should have bought 100 of them because you can sell it for 125. I'm just telling you, Camus, good wine. But nobody had a thought like, hey, wait a second here. This dude is a recovering alcoholic. How about we not give him wine? How about we do the old stupid thing and we give him a rocking chair? Or for that guy, how about we give him like a fat belt? 
because he's thick in the middle. Honest to God. All right, Joe Biden's opening his mouth. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. He's lying. He is. Joe Biden is going to tell us that he has been to every mass shooting site in the country. Here's Sniffin' Joe. After every mass shooting, we hear a simple message. The same message all over the country. I've been to every mass shooting. It's like he's been to every John Grisham movie. But he hasn't. He hasn't been to any or very few. I mean, look, it's like me just saying, you know what? I see Chad Withrow right there. I have better hair than Chad Withrow. No, I'm serious. My hair right now, I don't have hair. Chad has a great head of hair. My hair right now is better than Chad Withrow. No, I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't know what you're, are you going to believe what I'm telling you? It's like the guy that gets caught in bed by his wife with another woman. He looks at his wife and says, I'm not doing nothing. You going to believe what your eyes tell you? Are you going to believe what I'm telling you? Doesn't work out well, but it's worked out for this guy. Look, all right. Speaking of Biden, any other human being alive in the public eye would be considered a racist for this comment that he made about LL Cool J. Two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, he got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's spent. And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Because they both have the light off on the mic, you know, you're, uh, you're all here to listen to the new edition. Mike Bibbins, 40 years producing music that lifts our souls. Did you know that Joe Biden was a member of New Edition? No, really, and the Beatles. No, he was. He was raised in England, and he joined the Beatles. How about in this day and age, the President of the United States calls an African-American boy? Now, LL Cool J was 10 years old, then maybe. Can you imagine? Look, I'm not one of those guys that says, well, you know, but Trump, blah, 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 blah. LL Cool J was born in 1968. Now, I'm no math major, but that ain't, quote, a boy. Nobody cares either. Look it up. Look it up. You are going to vote for this man. Good for you. God bless you. The world is insane. This is what we have. This is the leader, and this is the guy. Boy. <laughs> just At some point, don't you just say, what the hell are we doing? Apparently, we're not going to get Chad. We're going to get David Wells coming up at 10 o'clock. David Wells went nuclear on Nike, covered up his Nike at the old-timers game in New York City at, with the New York Yankees. And for those of you that don't know, the old-timers game in New York is a big-time deal. It's a great deal. It's the greatest post-playing event in baseball. It really is. Hopefully, we'll hear from David Wells. And then, of course, at 1030, Lou Holtz joins us. Ohio State fans, where are you going? What are you doing? Let's go. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Having some technical issues. David Wells on the wait. Lou Holtz hopefully coming up at 1030. If not, we'll get to coach on tomorrow. We're going to do some stock up and stock down here, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you, the stock up was easy, man. When you drop 70 points, as the Miami Dolphins did, you, ladies and gentlemen, are historic. 300 yards rushing, 300 yards passing. Everybody can overreact all you'd like. But the fact of the matter is 70 points is what Nebraska football used to do early in the season under Tom Osborne. They used to do it against like Akron. Seriously. They used to do it and you'd be like, oh man, they're pretty good. Like there was never a spread too big. You know what I'm saying? So there's a guy on the Dolphins. His name is Devon Ark. And A, he ran total 233 yards, four touchdowns, 18 carries, 203 yards. What? And when nobody's ever heard of him, but you know what he can do? He can run real, real, real fast. And I've told you for years, years and years and years, I don't give a damn about big fat left tackles. I give a damn about speed, 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 speed. Now, Raheem Mozart from Purdue, Super Bowl hero with the 49ers, all he did was go 142 yards, four combined touchdowns. He's got six rushing touchdowns. He's on pace for 1,334 touchdowns. Most he's ever done is 891 yards. Guess what he does or did? He ran a 4240. I think he's probably at 4-3 now. He's really slowing down. Tyreek Hill, must we? 157 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, should we? He wasn't even in the game. No, I got to tell you. Man, oh man. And here's the other side of it. Here's the beautiful other side. The NFL exposes you. The NFL exposed the New York Jets. Did you see the New York Jets sideline? Michael Carter, who's a third-team running back of absolutely no regard in the NFL, lucky to be on a roster, he's going off on, well, everybody, including his coach. Now, if there is a nut, a sack behind the coach and the coaching staff, Robert Sala, which I don't believe there is, I told you about Sala when we saw him on Hard Knock. He wasn't a real guy. He's more in line with Frank Reich, who's like 1-20 in in his last 21 games, but I digress. If Salah has any stones, he'll cut Michael Carter right now. Now, Garrett Wilson, who is by all accounts a great dude, went stupid on Zach Wilson. The idiot wide receiver we've come to know. We've come to love, give me the ball, man. They don't give a damn about winning. 
They give a damn about their own crap. So stock up to the freaking Dolphins. Stock down to the Jets. See what I did there? I combined the two. Uh, My house bets are on fire. My house bets, I'm just sitting back, relaxing. My problem is I make other bets. But no bets matter except the house bet. Week one, it was to uh, take Rutgers. Rutgers over, uh, what's it called? No, 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 Northwestern. It's 3-0. I can't remember the second bet. But this week, this one was easy. Minus 6.5 is what I moved the line to, Michigan State. Yeah, that's right. Michigan State playing Maryland. The line was 7.5. I went careful. I moved it to 6.5, and and I bet way too much money on it. Guess what? Hit easy. I'm 3-0 in house bets. Hammer came on, and he gave you Charlotte. Hammer came on, and he gave you a degenerate special on UMass, which only lost because it was overtime. But damn, the house bet's on fire. I've changed my betting philosophy. I've changed my betting philosophy, and what it is, I'm betting one big-ass bet a weekend, but I'm studying. So if I give you this bet, and certainly it's not going to hit all the time, but at some point, we're going to win a lot of money we already have. All right. Jordan Love. I love Jordan Love. I love Jordan. Oh, that may have been the second week. Michigan. Can't remember. I love Jordan Love. I do. I love Jordan Love. Why do I love Jordan Love? Because he seems to be loved by his teammates. Again, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. Trey Lance and Jordan Love both were picked. Weird situations, right? Trey Lance, they moved up. They took him second with the 49ers. There was an established quarterback there. He didn't sit and wait, or he did sit and wait, but he kept getting hurt. Next thing you know, he's gone probably out of the league in two years. This guy here got signed. Aaron Rodgers got all crabby. Next thing you know, he did what Aaron Rodgers did, which is sit behind a legend. Rodgers, obviously, with Favre. Love, obviously, with Rodgers. Next thing you know, here comes this kid. Down 17 going into the fourth quarter. He leads a massive comeback. Next thing you know, Jordan Love and the fellas win. God bless you. Good for you. I like the Packers now because I like this kid. I do. Stock down, Marcus Freeman. Look, Marcus Freeman, I don't know what to tell you, man. I get it. You're a nice guy. I get it. You're the coach that everybody wants. I get it. Everybody's telling me you've elevated the roster. I get it. Blah, 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 blah. But you got to have 10 players on the field. I'm sorry. You got to have 11 players on the field. You had 10. And there's some discrepancy whether or not they had 10 players on for one, two, or three plays. I don't know. What I do know, frankly, is you can't do that. Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, is a longtime defensive coordinator, head coach, did well at one place, not so good at Miami. See, Miami of Florida, you're just going to have to get Uncle Luther back. You have to cheat your ass off. Figure it out. Get, get all the stuff back. Get the rap music going. Get the rappers around. You know, get some coke in that place. Get some money and let's go. But I digress. Notre Dame, you had a chance. You had a chance for an actual victory. You had a chance, ladies and gentlemen. You had a chance to do some great things. And next thing you know, you couldn't put alignment in to put it right where the run went. Because you're worried about a six-inch penalty? You're just stupid. I'm sorry. The players in Notre Dame deserve better than that. They did. Stock down also to people playing the race card. You play the race card because Deion Sanders got beat. You know what? That's on you. And Robert Griffin III, I'm looking at you. 
Uh, that's it. Got I got to take Danny a break. Canal. We'll you be right low. back you with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick know Network. Why. No, you don't know why. You know, that passive-aggressive stuff sucks. You know what I mean? That passive-aggressive. All over the place. And I've had enough. Seriously. I've had enough. You know what? That's crap. It's sports. Truth of the matter is, you go to sports. You go to sports, you're going to win some. You go to sports, you're going to lose some. You go to sports, you're going to get your ass beat, and you're going to have big wins. You go to entertainment, you're going to film the show, so you shouldn't have a bad show because if you screw it up, you do it right. Sports, man, they evolve. They're organic. That's what sports is. So you know what? If you're a coach that's talking a lot of smack and you get beat, guess what's going to happen? People are going to come at you. And it ain't race, it's sports. You act like an idiot on the field, people are going to come at you. I don't care who you are. You win, people are going to come at you. People are going to come at Dan Lanning as soon as he loses. It's sports. It's the way the world works. I don't get that people all of a sudden go to race. Well, man, you know, uh, you guys hating on Dion because, well, you know. No, I don't know. I heard some guy on the TV going, well, you know. No, I don't know. Help me out. I'd like to hear, what is you know? Well, you know. No, I don't know. It ain't about race. It's about freaking guys doing their job, and then when you do your job, if you do it well, people praise you. If you do it poorly, people rip you. Colorado did it poorly. It all came back. It Was it race when Kenny Burmeister, the head coach at Loyola, called it fast break on the lake, and then when he lost, everybody made fun of Burmeister calling him the mistake on the lake? Of course not. It's sports. I don't give a damn. Don't be afraid to criticize Marcus Freeman. Brian Kelly won more than any coach in the history of Notre Dame. People still criticize him. He got him into the national championship game against Alabama. People still criticize him. Maybe that was racist. Y'all are full of crap with that racism stuff. Stick it. Marcus Freeman was the dumbest coach on the sideline in, on Saturday of every coach. And Deion Sanders got his ass kicked. Big deal. It happens. All right. There's a guy named C.J. Jackson. C.J. Jackson, listen to this. Signed a five-year, eighty-two over $82 million contract to play cornerback for the Los Angeles Chargers. This clown apparently decided, I'm taking my money and running because he was a healthy scratch. Now, I have a hard time, a very hard time, criticizing anybody named C.J. Jackson because my son, playing at Ohio State, turned the ball over at Indiana late in a crucial time. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be horrible. C.J. Jackson hit a shot from about, oh, I don't know, Six feet outside the three-point line, not this C.J. Jackson, to win the game. I had a 10-hour drive that night, true story, from, uh, I don't know if it's 10, whatever it was, from Bloomington, Indiana to Washington, D.C. to do a game at Maryland. Yeah. Got there at 7.30 in the morning, but the trip flew because C.J. Jackson bailed my son out. Well, I got to tell you, C.J. Jackson stinks. C.J. Jackson, 82 mil, not even good enough to get on the field. And by the way, stock down to Xavier, Xavier, Xavier Howard. 
the cornerback for the uh, Miami Dolphins. He got knocked up. Not one woman, not two, not three, not four, but four women. He currently has pregnant. Do you women have any self-control? Does Xavier Howard have any self-control? Does anybody have any self-control? Are the women trying to get knocked up and he's just throwing it around like a farm animal? What are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing? And then this guy Howard has the audacity to criticize Sean Payton leaving Russell Wilson in there. It was one of the funniest things that I've seen. Xavier Howard, who has no respect for anything other than his penis, going into women and not smart enough to cover it up or do other things, and these women who have no respect for themselves just getting randomly knocked up. This dude's talking about respect of others, Xavier Howard. What an idiot. God, I love NFL players. God, I love the way they go about their business. We're all just supposed to sit here and talk about how great they are. Yeah, I don't think they're so great. I think they're kind of idiots. But anyway, that's just me. All right, Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason has some thoughts on what transpired between David Portnoy and the Washington Post. If you remember, David Portnoy exposed a criminally negligent woman named Emily Heil, who was a pizza reporter. He did it in a great way, Portnoy did, a.k.a. El Presidente. He did it by by recording a conversation where Ms. Heil, the worst journalist in America, decides that she, after sending out emails to the sponsors of Dave Portnoy's incredibly attended pizza fest in Brooklyn, she lied about it, then went back to it, kept lying, and then said, hey, look, it's a journalistic move to go negative to people to get a response. Now, every journalism school in America decried this, said this woman's an idiot, and she is. She'll probably get a raise. Portnoy's event was very successful. Here's what Boomer Esiason had to say. The real question is, do you think Dave Portnoy has ever called someone who's advertising within the Washington Post and says, do you know what these people are, go- are doing behind the backs of everyone else? He, say, he called the situation an example of being woke. This is basically proof positive of what the woke aspect of this world is about right here. See, I don't think so. Woke is a part of it. But this is proof positive of what I've told you. The biggest dirtbags in media reside in the print media. I've had this happen to me. Dana Hunziger Bimbo lied, found some little kid from Indiana Wesleyan to lie for her in a story about me. Greg Doyle couldn't have lied more. Community notes, I had no idea about Greg Doyle's affair with a woman in Charlotte. I did know about his other three affairs and, of course, his stalking a co-worker. But I digress. That was in the story. Me and him talking about some woman in Charlotte I had no idea about. But guys lie. They get biased and they lie. The Indy Star, the Washington Post, the USA Today, you name it, they're lying. See, I don't think It's an example of cancel culture. I think it's an example of stupid people, arrogant, stupid people with a bias deciding, hey, by the way, this is what we're going to do. We, ladies and gentlemen, are bigger than you, and we can do anything we want. 
If you read the Washington Post, if you read the Indy Star, you're an idiot and you're getting what you deserve. Uh, back to the NFL for a moment. Remember I told you about Fluss? Remember I told you about Eberfluss? Remember I also, so everybody understands, I also said Justin Fields was going to be the breakout star in the NFL this year. Uh, I was a little bit wrong. So the Bears are 0-3. The first time since 2016 this god-awful franchise that's reverting to where it was in the 70s started 0-3. Let me give you, and this comes from my guy Nick, last 0-3 team to make the NFL playoffs, and I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm just talking about 0-3 teams in general, not just necessarily the Bears. Bears got no chance. And Fluss here, which uh, Zachy Kiefer, writer for The Athletic, loved. I mean, he was literally buying knee pads and doing things, well, you know. Anyway, 2.4%. That's it, 0-3. 2.4% make the playoffs. So it's a big game tonight for Joey Ball game. And the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joey Ballgame needs to have his ass out there. Anyway, I digress. 2016, 18, excuse me. The Senate Tennessee Titans were the last team to go 0-3 and make the playoffs. But it gets even worse, of course. The Bears are a mess. The quarterback stinks. The quarterback last week was whining about the coaches. The quarterback got knocked senseless. DJ Moore did a nice thing and got him off the field. If... Justin Fields was playing more loosely. It didn't show. 11 of 22, 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah. It took nine possessions for the Chicago Bears to score a point. Right? I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you is that guy right there, I knew it when he was in Chicago. I knew it, well, excuse me, when he was in Indy, he cannot coach blind turkeys to take a dump. And blind turkeys, ladies and gentlemen, will go take a dump without even being coached. All right, let's not overreact to the Cowboys losing to Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals. Let's not overreact to that. Why? I don't really know. Well, I do. You know why? It's the cowboy way. The Cowboys have a serious problem. It's the same problem Indiana basketball has, and it's this. They can't handle success. Maybe your football team can't handle failure. That's Indiana football. They've got no heart. They've got no guts. They've got no stones. But when you can't handle failure, that's damn near, or success, that's damn near as big a problem as anything else. See, when you're on the Cowboys and you win a game or two, guess what? People all around the country are talking about you because, let's be honest, they are America's most interesting team with America's most interesting owner. Everything is bigger in Texas. The toupee on Jerry Jones's head, bigger. The stadium they play in, bigger. Dak Prescott's personality, not big, but bigger because it's in Dallas. So they go, and guess what? They get whomped. Not really whomped, but they get the hell beat out of them on the road, by Josh Dobbs. Now, I didn't say Kyler Murray, the highly touted draft pick. I didn't even say Colt McCoy, the backup that they got rid of. They simply went and got beat by Josh Dobbs. Mm. 
right. Well, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, this happens. It happens in sports. You get your ass beat. And I also say this. You can list, and I'm curious you do this. Give me the list of teams on the YouTube chat that the regular season doesn't matter. I'll give you two. The Cowboys are one. Purdue basketball is two. We've seen the Cowboys have great regular seasons and then uh -uh, the bed in the playoffs. We've seen Purdue basketball win championships, do great things, and then uh -uh, the bed, historically really, in the NCAA tournament. I'm just telling you, don't uh -uh, the bed, and nobody cares about any of this, Cowboys. You can lose everything. You can lose all the games you'd like, and nobody is going to care. They really are. If you win in the playoffs, Purdue can come in sixth in the Big Ten or first in the Big Ten, and nobody's going to care. Why? Because you got to win in the playoffs with these two teams. All right. I'm at the point where I don't believe players. All right. I, I don't believe players. No, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't. There, ladies and gentlemen, is now a report that Sauce Gardner claims Mac Jones hit him in the package. Well, if you're a football player, wear a cup. You're going to get hit somewhere. Now, the word on the street is Mac Jones hit Sauce Gardner in the balls on perfect. Now, uh, Mac Jones got the hell beat out of him. Uh, C.J. Mosley slammed Jones to the ground. All right, what are you going to do? The, the <laughs> Gardner, Sauce, shoved Mac Jones, and Mac Jones gave him a little butt nut tap. Hey, look, who hasn't, as an adult male in the world of sports, given another guy a little nut tap? Uwe Blomp, 7'2", 250, gave me one at a party outside of our apartment. I then tackled him onto our Chevette. I mean, I tackled him, and I was throwing hands. I'm like, you son of a... It hurt. I wasn't ready. He didn't know what to do, but he threw me off the Chevette. Thankfully, I landed on top of him and continued to pummel him. The next day, I went to church. I took off all my clothes upon returning and jumped on him naked. That's right. I jumped on him naked. We laughed, had an apology, and away you go. That's just the way the world works. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be nut-tapping guys in this day and age. And by the way, if you see me, look, I've had vasectomies. Uh, I've had infections in the vasectomy. I'm all juiced up on Viagra half the time. Don't nut-tap me because it's probably going to hurt. And I'm going to get mad. And I don't want to be throwing the hands with anybody. But I ain't mad at you, NFL guys, if we're going to throw hands over the nut tap. Hey, uh, really? So Garrett Bowles is a guy on Denver. Garrett Bowles of the Broncos is distraught. He's been with the Broncos since 2017. And Garrett Bowles says, all I've ever done is lose. Seriously. All I've ever done. He dropped the big S word. I'm tired of losing, man. I've been here for seven years, and all I've done is lost. Lost? Garrett. And it's frustrating. But at the same time, I know the dogs we have in this room. I know the dogs we have in our room. Oh, the dogs. Okay. All right. And we have winners. 
We do. We got to figure it out the hard way. Sometimes when you hit rock bottom, you can't keep going down. You got to go up. Well, let me explain something to you. Yes, you can keep going down. The dumbest administrator I was ever around was a guy named Rick Greenspan. We called him Slim Pickens because he weighed 379 billion pounds. He told me something one time that was actually prophetic. And I want you all to write this down. He said, the idea that people always bounce back is silly. Oftentimes, people splat. That's right. Oftentimes, people splat. And you know what? Slim Pickens wasn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Slim Pickens was not wrong. He was actually kind of right. Sometimes people splat. Well, Garrett, if you lose next week 70 to 20, guess what? You went down more. If you lose next week 50 to 40, guess what? You're still going down. There is no floor for getting your ass beat. You know what? When I was coaching at Bowling Green and we had to play football players, we were down to six, seven guys, and a couple of them, one was a pasty white kid, football player. It wasn't Julius Peppers coming to my team. I'm like, man, I wonder how much worse it can get. One of my assistants told me, it can't. I go, wait, wait till you watch the next game because we had no shot. I mean, no freaking shot. But hey, what are you going to do? All right. Sean McDaniel, McVeigh, McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, I was watching this. Down eight, fourth and five. 225 to go. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked that McDaniels put out his kicker and didn't go for it, fourth and five. Now, people are worried about the confidence of his team. See, I don't worry about the confidence of his team. I worry about the fact that his team's no good. If I were McDaniels, if I were a player, it ain't about confidence. It's about knowing whether your team is any good or not. And when your team stinks, you don't go for it. When your team stinks, you kick a field goal. Now, they got the ball back, but it was only like 10 seconds to go. I understood what he was doing. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as much as others hated it. I really didn't. Everybody else hated it. I don't know. But damn, your team, you got Devontae, what's his face, Adams there. Throw the ball to Devontae Adams. You paid Josh Jacobs more money than cents. Get the ball to Josh Jacobs. Oh, wait, you got rid of Darren Waller. Oh, never mind. That would have been very, very helpful. That would have been big. But you didn't have him. So he's defending it. And you know what? I'm not mad at you for defending it. You got to defend it. What are you going to do? Say I screwed it up? Oh, hell no. No. Uh, I don't know. You have three choices, McDaniel says. Try to make it a five-point game where you have an opportunity to win it with a touchdown if you get the ball back, or you go for it there, and then if you happen to convert, you got to make the, th- the uh, two-point conversion. Here's the deal. Going for it would have given the Raiders a 15.8 win probability. Kicking a field goal dropped it to 10. I'm shocked that McDaniels did that because at least here in Indy, all anybody does is go by the damn win probabilities of the analytics dudes. Yeah, what are you going to do? He said, you're going to have to get another possession anyway. No, you're not. Why are you? What are you talking about? If you go for it, you make it, then you go for two. You don't need another possession. 
I don't know what the problem is. Anyway, it's a reason McDaniels isn't any good. McDaniels. He just, you know what? There are a lot of punchable faces in this world, and he kind of has one. I'll tell you one thing I don't. I don't have a punchable face. I have punchable thoughts, but not a punchable face. All right, I don't think we're having Lou Holtz. I don't. I don't think we are. Uh, I'll come back. I hope we do. I do. I hope we do. I'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back. Lou Holtz is rescheduled for tomorrow at 10 a.m. My apologies if you've tuned in, but stay right here because our show is a lot of fun. Here's the deal. A lot of people are starting to think that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are contrived. They're saying it's the same thing with Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. Isn't love love? I don't know if it's contrived, but I got to tell you, If you're going to go with it and you're Taylor Swift, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money, NFL. I saw where the NFL gives $500, $500 million to communities in leagues and in the league, all across the league. I said that's so wrong. Well, if I'm Taylor Swift, I got to get $25 million. I mean, I'm not sitting there cheering. It's a great time, but I got to get some money if this is contrived. I don't believe this to be contrived. I don't. I think that this is love. I think that this will have an unbelievable happy happy ending. I don't for the life of me and will never, ever, ever understand what has happened here to make Taylor Swift the next huge thing, not big thing. Taylor Swift was going along being awesome. And all of a sudden, Taylor Swift has morphed into this next massive thing. And nobody's been able to tell me why. All anybody ever tells me is, well, Doc, it's now you're paying attention, huh? Didn't you know? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I wish I did, but I didn't. I don't understand it. I would love for somebody to tell me. I would love for somebody to educate me and say double dism, fascism. Here's the reason right here. Here is the reason why Taylor Swift has become so big. I'm going to go to the YouTube chat, and I'm going to figure this out. All right, let's recap the story of the day. The game of the weekend, Notre Dame on the one-yard line, playing defense. You can have 11. Notre Dame chose 10. Notre Dame chose 10, which means they were one player short. The coach says he knew about it, but he did not want to run another player on there. The reason he couldn't run a player on there was because Ohio State didn't run a player off. Had Notre Dame ran a player on there, or excuse me, had, had Ohio State ran a player off, 
Notre Dame could have ran a player on there. But when Ohio State did not run a player off, Notre Dame would have been penalized for running a player on. Now, that's just doom. That's just doom. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It was this far away from a touchdown, so it would have been that far away. I don't know. And the ball went over the left side. And guess what? There was one player short on the defensive right side, the football team, Ohio State's left side. Pretty remarkable, really. But that's the way football goes sometimes. But it shouldn't go that way. Football is a tough game. The third and 19 throw from McCord, fantastic. Notre Dame deserved to win the game. Ohio State deserved to win the game. But Notre Dame's coaches did not deserve to win the game. You cannot make that mistake. And one of the things that Bear Bryant, the legendary coach, always said, I spend game day figuring out ways not to lose, not for me to help my team lose, to eliminate me from making mistakes that make our team lose. And I swear to God, that's all I worried about. I worry about that like it's my job I used to. I don't want to be the reason. I do not want to be the reason, the reason that we lose. I don't want to make the wrong call. I don't want to make the wrong play. I don't want to make any, I don't want to get a technical at the wrong time. Well, Marcus Freeman, he's protected. Nice African-American quarterback. So young guy, nice guy, very protected. That's Brian Kelly. It's nuclear today. Hell, I was at the uh, Notre Dame-Michigan game when Jerome Bettis was playing for Lou Holtz. It ended in a tie. My then wife and I walked around campus, and I mean people screaming out windows about fire Holtz. This is Lou Holtz, who won a national championship. This is after he won a national championship. Now everybody's making excuses. Let me explain something to you. Notre Dame is not a job where you learn on the job. Notre Dame's not a job where you freaking win. The other big story of the day, and everybody we'll be right can back. kiss my Got to take a short break here. That's talking we are about rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders' team didn't compete. They weren't good enough to compete. Deion Sanders' team got blown out at Oregon. No real problem there. Colorado always gets blown out by Oregon. Well, let me explain something to you. Deion Sanders' team has talked about every single opponent after they've won. So let's hear, Dylan, from Dan Lanning talking about Deion Sanders after Oregon won. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass, right? It's gonna be played on the grass. All right, good. Well, Deion Sanders obviously answered that in the press conference. Now, we're all supposed to uh, uh, genuflect to Deion Sanders, and I'll be the first person to tell you, I think he's done a great job. It's the most interesting school, coach, team 
in college football. It just is. We're used to Georgia winning. We're used to Ohio State winning. We're used to Notre Dame crapping the bed. I mean, nothing new there. But or our Colorado being as good as they are is fun. Now, Deion Sanders is basically going to look at you and lie through his teeth at the end of this. Here's Sanders after the game. Uh, it translates in practice. It is, I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, contrary to what some may say. But, uh, yeah, I, get, I keep receipts. Uh, but I'm serious. I analyze and I understand what we're up against and what we have and what we need. One thing that I could say honestly and candidly, you better get me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. Now, somebody, yeah, I, I got messengers. God bless him, though, man. He's a great coach. He did a great job. God bless him. He take their shots. They won. I don't shoot. I don't do that. They won. Well, let's go through that. I don't shoot. So you beat Texas Christian, and you embarrass Art Browse's kid because you said the offensive coordinator at TCU, Art Browse's kid, whatever, Kendall Bryles, I think is his name, disrespected my son. Well, that's a shot. I mean, easy. Matt Rule is the coach at Nebraska. Matt Rule said basically, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how great this is. After the game, Shador Sanders went at the coach, disrespecting the coach. Of course, Shador Sanders did it on the field once the coach turned his back. Typical little, you know, batch move. But, hey, there's a shot. After the Colorado State game, Deion Sanders brought his mother into the locker room. Deion Sanders talked about Jay Norvell. And Jay Norvell, the coach of Colorado State, had said that Deion, or excuse me, that Jay Norvell's mother taught him not to wear a hat in shades when talking to adults. Deion Sanders took a shot at Jay Norvell. You're not going to hear this anywhere else because white guys in particular are so afraid to say anything about Deion Sanders. I'm not. I'm a coach. He's a coach. You coach. Got your ass beat. But don't come on here, at least when we are doing shows, and saying, hey, look, we don't take shots. That's all Sanders and his kids do. Take shots. Are you kidding me? What did they? There you go. They're rubbing the field in Oregon. It's all they do. Well, it's not all they do. They win, and they're interesting, and they're fun, but they take shots left and right. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I honestly don't. I've had enough. Hey, look, I respect you, and it doesn't matter if I respect you, but I do. I do. Anyway, yes, there will be a two big brains today at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, two big brains. We're talking Colts. I got stuff to do, including I got to go to the dentist back to the dentist and see what's going on all right the other things that are going on the nfl matt gay was signed to the biggest contract a kicker has ever received in the nfl matt gay was a guy that a lot of us are like hey one of the things one of the things that chris ballard can do is sign players that okay well matt gay First time in NFL history yesterday, a kicker kicked not one, not two, not three, but four, count them, four field goals, 50 yards or longer. Now, I'm going to say that again. First time in NFL history. Now, 
You haters of the Colts, of course, are saying things like, well, you know, Colts offense is so bad, they wouldn't have to kick. Hey, look, whatever, man. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. $22.5 million on a four-year deal. You know what? Dude earned it. He earned it. He got him a win. Look what happened to Clemson without a kicker. It didn't get him a win. Clemson, no kicker, no win. Colts, kicker, and a win. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Don't at me, people. All right. Speaking of all I'm saying, tonight I'm official. I'm just telling you, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals on the money line. I'm going to pay a little juice, but I am taking them. And if you want to take them, go to PointsBet right now. PointsBet.com. I'm betting a lot of money tonight, and I'm taking it money line. Pure, I'm not giving points. I'm not getting points. Here's why I like betting with points bet. I'm betting tonight, if I lose up to $1,000, they, ladies and gentlemen, will give me second chance bets. That's right. I'm not betting 1000 tonight, but I'm betting a lot. If I lose, I'm going to get second chance bet. Right now, you can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. If your first bet does not go well, points bets got your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com backslash bet. Complete the registration process with points bets and make your first bet. If you lose your first bet, you get a second chance. Terms and conditions always apply. Listen to this. Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Wyoming. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am taking tonight Joe Burrow. Now, some of you are saying Burrow may not play. Burrow's playing. If Joe Burrow doesn't want, doesn't play tonight, I don't know what to tell you, and let me tell you why. All right? 2.4% chance is what there is if you fall 0-3 in the NFL. I say this all the time, and those of you in Indy are starting to understand it. Ten-year plans are bad in the NFL. You got to win. Draft choice is great, but I don't care about them once the season starts unless they play well or they play poorly. Cap space is great for the offseason, but I don't care about it. Doesn't matter to me once the season starts. Once the season starts, there are two things. You win, you lose, period. I guess you could tie, but it happens so rarely, I ain't going to talk about it. That's it. So Burrow, as the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL – I don't care if Joe Burrow is sick, half dead, got a groin, got a knee, got an ass, got a back, got an ankle, got a foot, got a finger, got a toe, got a wrist, got a forearm, got an elbow, got a shoulder, got a neck, got a head, got an ear. I don't care what he's got. You play. Yeah, but he's got, you know, now you play. In this one, you play. It's Monday night football. Your team, you have to be out there. Well, maybe the backup gives him up. No, he doesn't. No. No. This needs to be the Willis Reed moment of Joe Burrow. And fellas, ladies, I am all in on it. If Joe Burrow doesn't play, I am absolutely going to be livid. I'm going, not because of the bet, because and he's a fraud. And he's not a fraud. He's a winning quarterback. He seems like a cool dude. Everybody likes him. He's a whiz in the kitchen, makes all his own clothes, teaches Arthur Murray dancing. He's phenomenal. But you got to play. 
You cannot be C.J. Jackson. You cannot sign a five-year, $82.5 million contract and be so awful at your job with the Los Angeles Chargers that you sit out and don't play yesterday against the Vikings because you're not good enough. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, just saying, I'm sorry. The Rams come in, the Rams are good, the Rams are nice, the Rams are fine, blah, 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 blah. Yay, Rod, go fight win. But the fact of the matter is, I don't care about rematches. And no, nothing. You're there, you play, and I don't want to hear about it. And then you go win. And then when you win, we are all talking about you. We are all excited about you. We are all, all over you. And your toes are tapping. You keep getting the hot girls. And more importantly, you keep getting the respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. The respect that you deserve. That's right. Uh, Outkick is reporting. Outkick is reporting that Taylor Swift paid the bill of an entire Kansas City restaurant. She paid the bill to get everybody to leave. She paid the bill so that she and her incredible entourage could be in there by herself. She emptied out a restaurant just for her and Travis Kelsey. That's right. They paid our entire tab party of eight and other parties at the restaurant. I wish I got to see her. But they had a hard close at eight before they arrived. Yeah, this kind of stuff gives me gas. You got the big entourage. Eh. Look, maybe I'm jelly. Somebody said I'm jelly. Maybe I am. I don't know. I don't know what I am anymore. I just don't understand the Taylor Swift thing. I don't. You guys do. I don't. I don't know. This is like a kung fu overdub show. Maybe, according to Van Pasterman on the YouTube chat, she just didn't want those people in there. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I get it. I understand it. I'm for it. But I got to tell you, uh, be careful with that because we'll turn on you. You become a diva, we'll turn on you. We will. Oh, by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers plane had to make an emergency landing in Kansas City. That's never good. Hey, and maybe I'm wrong about this. This might be a new segment. Dockage admits to being rude. (sighs) C.J. Stroud, I said, he's got bad eyes. I didn't trust him. He went 20 for 30, 280 yards, and two touchdowns. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to have at least 900 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions in his first three career starts. It's pretty good. Not only is it pretty good, he got to win. He got to win against Jacksonville. He got to win against the latest, all-time greatest quarterback. Yeah, that's right. The latest, all-time greatest quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, I told you last week, looks like Crapola, but I also got to tell you, I told you that C.J. Stroud, well, didn't have it yet. Didn't say he wasn't going to get it. Didn't say he was. Said he didn't have it yet, but apparently he's got it now. So if you got it now, hey man, more power to you. I admit when I'm wrong, and I might be wrong. It would be a first. It would be a first, but I will admit I could 
possibly, possibly, maybe, be wrong. Maybe. Maybe. Just saying. All right. You know what time it is. It's 10 to the hour. We are not only doping, but we're woken and doping. And by the way, I ain't afraid to dope. This testosterone program I'm on is awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Seriously. My knee thing, I'm not going to say the sponsors because everybody gets mad around here. But I got to tell you, what a weekend I had. Whether it was playing pickleball, whether it was golfing or the sex. Yeah. So whenever I hear woke dope you know what I think of? Yeah. Double D. And what's pouring through my veins. But I'm Eastern European in terms of the sex. They don't need that stuff. Anyway, what do you got here, woke doping Look at the head on that. My God. All right, what do we got here? Who's woken and who's doping? Man. Bidenflation. Bidenflation everywhere. Look what I did. Did you know this? Did you know interest rates are over 8%? Did you know that? Is this amazing? I mean, when we were rolling as a country, uh, I got it. I refinanced and I got it under two or maybe just over two. I can't remember. I went over to the bank over here, Fifth Third. I refinanced, and holy cow. Jeez. Interest rates are 8%. Gas and groceries are skyrocketing. And this clown, our president, is worried about ticket prices. Holy cow. Man, oh man, we are absolutely getting crushed. High interest rates, high debt, high gas price. Gas prices here in Indiana, at least around me, are around 380. I remember when the same gas station happened at buck 79. That's the lowest I remember with Trump. Buck 79. And I don't give a damn if you guys want to worry about transgenders or bathrooms. I worry about. My 401k, stock market, gas prices. You don't? Good for you. That's what I worry about. Listen to this. The average monthly mortgage rate, the payment using interest rates when Obama took office would be 1,341. Today, the same mortgage would be 2,384. Double. You guys like that guy, huh? You guys are still supporting that guy, huh? Well, if you do, you're an idiot. Or you just, you know what, you're just a woe is me guy. I'm not a woe is me guy. I'm not. I just simply, I'm all about, if you got money to be made, go work for it. What's next? Biden Fetterman, it's a no-brainer. This is one of my favorites. Look at these two. Jersey Joe, Sniffin' Joe, Pedo Joe, Imbecile-in-Chief, Moron-in-Chief, with, I don't even know what Fetterman is. Fetterman, of course, did what people do. He went in front of Congress the other day and he started complaining. He started complaining that his stroke and people making fun of him hurt him. Really? Let me ask you a question. Who makes fun of you? Like when you're a congressman, if you don't want to pay attention to anything other than the sycophants around you, 
Just pay attention to the sycophants around you. It's pretty simple. I don't understand what the problem is. But Fetterman apparently pays attention. Stupid. I made a new pack, pack number 16,728. I'm changing my life. No more arguing with people on Twitter. I'm not drinking anything for two weeks. That's right, just water. I'm not drinking Diet Pop. I'm not drinking wine. I'm not drinking beer. I'm not drinking anything other than water. Flavored water and coffee for two weeks. I'm not going to have a carb for two weeks. We'll see what happens. As a friend of mine said, hey, Dan, that'll last, that'll be a hard two days for you. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Anyway, these two morons should not be allowed by children. They should not be allowed in Congress. They should not be allowed in the White House. In that order. Protect the kids. Get these two idiots out of there. Next. Oh, boy. I got to get closer on this one. Can you blow that bad boy up? But I like what I'm seeing here. Peter Ducey is crushing souls. And you know I'm I do. I like the way she dresses. I like the way she looks. She's a lying dirtbag, working for a lying dirtbag. But I think she's kind of hot. As Sage Steele famously said, D.D. likes the mocha. I don't know about that. I just like women. I like women that I think are pretty. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. What do I care? Serbian, Polish? I don't care. I think she's hot. But I'm guessing she's one of those when you open your mouth, when she opens her mouth, you're like, oh, God, not so much. But hey, what do you know? I like it. A couple of things before we go. A couple of things. If you haven't been on Twitter, get on Twitter. Hey, Dan, this is Diet 1788 this year. This year. It is. But I got to tell you, here's the other way I'm going about it. 16-hour fasting. Yesterday, I had, or Sunday, Saturday night, I had my last bite to eat at 11. I got hungry. I went for the salami and cheese at around 11. Well, you know what? I didn't eat again till 5. That's a 16-hour fast. I ate for two hours. I hate when people tell you about their diet, but I'm doing it right now. So today, I haven't eaten today. I got all kinds of stuff here. I actually got this. This is from the other day. I'm not drinking it. I got coffee, and of course, I got my Thursday night mowing league mug full of uh, flavored water. That's it. Two weeks. My skin's going to glow. My acne's going to clear up. I'm going to be lean, and I'm going to be something. Join me, will you? Please. Please. Anyway, thanks to everybody watching. Appreciate you. Go to YouTube if you missed the beginning of the show. I need your help. Share this all over the place on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else.